Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, Suella Braverman is sacked after whipping up the mobs who brought shame to our streets. David Cameron is back in government. Has Rishi Sunak taken charge or just buried the Conservatives? We'll debate. Those peaceful Palestine protests were marred by shocking displays of brazen anti-Semitism. I'll talk to Chelsea's co-owner, Jonathan Goldstein, and the former Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, who spoke at that march. Live from the News Building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Suella Braverman poured fuel on the flames of national tensions before Saturday's pro-Palestine march. She gave a green light to the morons who came to London on the false pretext the cenotaph was under attack. She effectively told the public they couldn't trust the police. And those who came looking for a fight did so with her apparent blessing. Well, scenes like this were, un were predictable, inevitable and entirely her fault. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has been criticised as weak for letting Braverman get away with repeated outbursts that were specifically engineered to cause controversy. Critics say he's risk-averse, managerial, not a leader, but by sacking Braverman and bringing David Cameron back into government, he certainly changed that narrative. And judging by how enraged Labour supporters are about his return, I'd say they probably fear that it's a rather smart move. But if part of the plan was to overshadow Braverman's sacking, well, bad luck. We won't forget that she abandoned her duty to keep this country safe. She's reckless in the extreme to criticise the police ahead of the most controversial public demonstration in years. She had to go, as I said on this show. But that doesn't mean the police or the pro-Palestine supporters are immune to criticism. Last week, I interviewed Douglas Murray. In an exchange that's now been viewed many millions of times around the world, a lot of people focused on this exchange. OK, well, here's a challenge, Piers. If you decided to go on some kind of march mm. and in week one you discovered that you had the BNP along your side calling, for instance, for the murder of all black people, would you not wonder whether or not you should go on week two? And would you not drop out by about week three? I'd have thought so. I would. Well, he asked a very pertinent question and the answer is yes. As I said, I would. Many thousands of people marched peacefully to support Palestine this weekend. They have every right to do so in a democratic country that's serious about free speech. But let's be clear, among those crowds were some hateful racists and blatant anti-Semites. Many people again chanted this. From the river to the sea! That's unacceptable. From the river to the sea calls for the complete eradication of Israel. If there any doubt about their intent, listen to this guy. Why every so many hundred years, the Zionists get slaughtered? Because Hitler knew how to deal with these people. They probably made a program so they can create a state of Israel. 
in the expense of Palestinian Muslims' blood. Well, it's disgraceful, isn't it? Among the crowds, there were many offensive placards. This woman marched proudly around with a star of David mocked up as a swastika. Another sign showed a Jewish snake suffocating the world, a familiar Nazi trope. These men showed up in Hamas headbands. There were many more examples. We've all seen them. Protesters have every right to demonstrate against Israel's response to the terror attacks on October the 7th. I've said that repeatedly. But we can't allow this unfettered anti-Semitism on our streets. Why didn't other protesters step in to prevent this? Why do the police seem to do nothing besides tweeting about it afterwards? I remember when the police stepped in preemptively to arrest Republican protesters who tried to picket the king's coronation. I didn't think that was right at the time, but if they could be capable of doing that on that occasion, why couldn't they do that to the blatant anti-Semites on this occasion, some of whom were obviously glorifying terrorists, and that is a crime in this country? Well, I'm joined now by the broadcaster and formatter of the Sunday Times, Andrew Neal. Uh, Andrew, uh, so much to talk about, so little time to talk about it, but let me just get your take, first of all, on the bombshell news today, which we thought was going to be Suella Braverman getting fired, but also the extraordinary comeback of David Cameron. What's your response to this? Well, the government's had trouble getting middle-aged men who lose their jobs back into the labour force, so this is an example that shows it can be done. <laughs> Um, but in addition to that, I think it's... Look, the Tory gene pool is pretty depleted, and David Cameron has stature and experience and recognition. Uh, he will add to the weight of a cabinet that is pretty lightweight. He brings a wealth of experience in foreign affairs uh, to the job. Uh, as prime minister, he knows a lot and learned a lot about foreign affairs because foreign affairs these days is run inside 10 Downing Street, probably even more than it is in the foreign office. People, not just foreign ministers around the world will see him, but prime ministers and presidents will see him. So it's a good high profile appointment uh, for the government. Will it make uh, any difference politically? Is it a game changer? No, it won't, I don't think. It may reassure a few uh, swithering Tories in the blue wall that they haven't, the government hasn't given up on them, but it isn't going to affect the result of the election. There is no election in British democratic history that has been affected by who the foreign secretary is. What about the removal of Swella Braverman? Does that denote that Rishi Sunak, A, wants to instill authority on his cabinet, and she clearly breached that authority, but secondly, that he's moving the party perhaps slightly more to the centre and is not so bothered anymore about appeasing the right wing of the party? Well, I think the idea that Richie Sunak was on the, the right of the party was always mistaken. He's basically a non-ideological technocrat uh, and a fiscal conservative, um, which is what David Cameron was, George Osborne, his chancellor was too. He's pretty much in the mainstream of conservative uh, thinking. Uh, I think the main reason wasn't even ideological with Suella Braverman. I mean... You know, Linton Crosby, the great uh, Australian election strategist, said that politicians have got to realise they're not pundits. That's your job, Piers, and my mm. job. Mm. We're not politicians, we're pundits. Mm. They're not pundits, they're politicians. And Australia Braverman <laughs> had basically become a pundit. Yeah. Rather than running the Home Office, doing something about what was concerning her, she was writing articles for The Times and giving interviews. No prime minister can tolerate that for long. Uh, Mr Sunak is not thought to be a strong leader, so he had to show the smack of firm government in making a change, and he did, 
as soon as he got the remembrance uh, weekend out of the way. Talking about that weekend, the big pro-Palestinian march, obviously there were a bunch of yobs who turned up as well, which was entirely predictable, I think, after all the incendiary rhetoric of the few days before. But putting that to one side, there's general agreement that they, their behaviour was appalling. What do we do about big marches, 300,000 people, it's estimated here, where the majority of them are genuinely marching, it appears, peacefully and for peace. They want a ceasefire in Gaza. But they are uh, joined by a not insignificant number of people who are blatantly spewing anti-Semitic tropes or chants or pro-Hamas uh, regalia in some cases. What do we do about this? Well, I think it was a pity that the march took place on Saturday, but I wouldn't have banned it and didn't want to ban it. In the end, the right to protest is a democratic right, and that's a right that can be exercised whether we approve or disapprove. Indeed, it's easy to approve of protesters who are uh, protesting things of which we approve. Uh, it's more difficult, but more important, to allow them to protest when they're uh, protesting of things that we don't approve of. So if the organisers really wanted it to go ahead, I think it was a right to allow it to go ahead. I don't think they did their cause any good. It wasn't necessary to have done it on Saturday. There's been four marches already. There are plenty of weekends to come between now and Christmas to have more. But that was their choice. Uh, and the main violence, the main yobbish behaviour, came from the hard right. Mm. Um, who turned up around the Cenotaph and Downing Street area. They were the real thugs there. However, there was an element to that march, to the pro-Palestine march, which was very unsavoury. And you touched on it in your monologue at the beginning. And I think, you know, there's a right to protest, but protesters also have obligations. And their obligation is to stay within the law yeah. and within the bounds of democratic legitimacy and proper protest. And I'm afraid anti-Semitism and race hatred and shouting jihad in a clear context of wiping Israel out is not acceptable. And the police will need to get much tougher on that and leave the bulk of the peaceful demonstrators to get on exercising their democratic rights. Yep, completely agree. Andrew Neil, as always, I concur. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I appreciate you very much. It. Uh, with me in the studio is a journalist and columnist at Being Standard, Emily Sheffield, and associate editor at The Mirror, Kevin McGuire. Well, I mean, let me start with you, because in your other life, you're David Cameron's sister-in-law. Did you know about this bombshell coming down the line? No, I think they managed I, They managed to keep this incredibly quiet. Uh, it didn't leak, which is kind Incred of... I mean, unprecedented. Kind of incredible, actually. It yeah. didn't leak. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was as shocked as anyone when I got the news this morning. Because he'd always said he's not going to come back to frontline politics. It wouldn't be right, he said. Is it right that he's doing it? I think it. I think it is right. He is someone who really does believe in serving his country. However, many there there are cynics out there about politicians. There are still a great deal of politicians who do go into politics to serve their country, and David is most definitely one of them. I think it it, it is it is it is a, a good move by Rishi Sunak. He's got someone with some serious gravitas and experience in the job of foreign secretary at a time which we cannot doubt. I mean, we've just been talking about the march mm. on Saturday, what's going on in Gaza, what's going on in Israel, what's going on in Ukraine, which is being wiped off the front yeah, pages, yeah. which is a terrible thing because guess who is who? Guess who the opportunity is given well, Putin. to Putin? Yeah. David spent time with Putin. He spent time with Netanyahu. And I think what Rishi Sunak is doing here, and everyone can talk about whether it's, you know, he's appeasing mm. the blue wall and trying to win votes... I think he's actually trying to, sh to govern. 
I mean, he is prime minister. And Swilla Brabman was not governing. She was acting like a well, she, was, she, was, she was totally using her she, position well, to advertise for the next she, job. I thought she had two problems, Kevin. One, she wasn't the brightest tulip in the patch. Certainly the case. Yeah. I mean, her, her analogy of the Northern Ireland marches, for example, ignorance. To, to this total ignorance. But secondly, just openly defying yep. her boss. You can't tolerate that as a boss in Sunak's position. I do actually think, just judging by Labour's reaction, that they're a little bit concerned about this appointment. It's smart. Smart politics, isn't it? Look, it's, it's said Rishi Sunak turned to David Cameron because he couldn't persuade William Hague, right. who used to be a foreign secretary, to take the job. But I'm not against the, experienced the reason, people, are you? But the re No, I value experience as long as you've still got enthusiasm. But I think what Rishi Sunak has done is a good idea for Labour. Mm. That's why they're cock-a-hoop, because they remember David Cameron with austerity running down the NHS, benefit cuts what happened to public services, and he lost the 2016 referendum, which he called himself as a tactical manoeuvre, and he lost it. So they will now be able to say, Rishi Sunak presents himself as, I'm the Prime Minister of Change, in his conference speech only last month, he attacked 30 years of old consensus. That encompassed Labour and David Cameron. Now he's got him by his side, because the Tory talent pool, as Andrew Neil said, is, is drained and he will not be able to present himself as a fresh-faced new Prime Minister committed to change. He can't I, do I, it. I, hey, look, it's back to no I future. I don't That's agree, what it actually. Is. I'm really sorry. Keir Starmer's front bench, shadow front bench, has got people like Yvette Cooper in. Yvette Cooper is hardly a fresh face. Good cabinets have a mix of very experienced people... And, and, and fresh blood. Are, and Sunak has got that. You are the and Prime I Minister who it, lost it, Europe. You lost Europe. Now you're Foreign he Secretary. Won, he, won two elections. he won two elections. And Keir Starmer, I'm sorry, huh? given what we've just seen yeah. on the television, is the man who backed Corbyn. Yeah. So Labour have got that. No, well, we've got Corbyn. I mean, yeah, 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 we've actually can, got Jeremy yeah. Corbyn coming in. Emily can try and deflect like that. Deflecting. But the fact, the but fact the is, fact is, the fact he is people Corbyn. will now see it's the same old Conservatives. When Sunak's entire strategy was, I am the change. You are voting for me, the change. No, you're not. You've got your mate Dodgy Dave here. <laughs> Dodgy no? Dave is her brother-in-law. I know, but I, I like <laughs> Emily. But that doesn't mean do I have you, to like all of Emily's Do you call family. him Dodgy Dave at home? No, I do not call him Dodgy Dave. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, Kevin, about Jeremy yeah. Corbyn. He's not been on the show before. He's coming in live tonight with Len McCluskey. Um, yeah. To my surprise, and, and they've agreed to come in despite all the uh, news that's breaking, which may have changed their minds. You know, where does Corbyn sit here in the Labour Party? Oh, he's uh, pretty much pushed away. He won't be allowed to stand as a Labour MP. He's toying with standing as an independent. He's toying with standing for Mayor of London, but he wouldn't be able to stand as, as Labour. He's, he's got some supporters around the issue of uh, Israel and Palestine, unquestionably, but there are others who will support the Palestinian cause and say the Israeli response is disproportionate, but they think he gets the tone wrong. He is too anti-Israel. Mm. Um, so now he's, which, which he's he and, and he was, you know, found to have been presiding over a, a leadership which was deemed to be, you know, not helpful to Jewish people, which no, is a terrible right. thing for a, a Labour leader to have hanging over him, right? Not, yeah. no, come on, we're not describing it as not helpful to mm. Jewish people. What was going on in the Labour Party was anti-Semitic. That is like saying what's happening now is not helpful to Jewish people on those yeah. Well, it was the Equality and Human Rights Commission said... It should be called out for what it is. Yeah, they said the party was responsible for unlawful acts of harassment and discrimination while the leadership was guilty of serious failings. I mean, yeah, it was a serious charge. Oh, it, no, it was a very, very damaging mm. charge and it was a stain on Labour, particularly a party on the left 
that uh, preaches equality and respect for all. It's, it's kind of what... What's the one question you'd ask, Corbyn? Are you going to stand on the general election? What Actually, would you ask him? I would. I'd say, does he regret how, what he presided over when mm. he when he ran the Labour Party? Both good questions. And my job is done. Thank you, both of you. I'm the Senator Next, a former chair of the Jewish Leadership Council and one of Chelsea Football Club's co-owners, Jonathan Goldstein, joins me live for his thoughts on the weekend's protests and the ongoing war in Israel and Gaza. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Centre. I'm joined now by Jonathan Goldstein, the former chair of the Jewish Leadership Council and co-owner of Chelsea Football Club. Jonathan, great to see you. Uh, what was your reaction as a, as a member of the Jewish community, uh, a leading member, there's a lot of work um, for the Jewish community. What did you feel about this march at the weekend? And the march is generally, with the volume of people who are turning up, spewing anti-Semitism. Well, look, let me start by saying that the far right who turned up on Saturday mm. are no friends of anyone. Right. No one welcomes that. It's hateful. It's absolutely the, the, the epitome of everything that no one wants to see in British society. Racism at its forefront. Really, that needs to be condemned by everybody before you start. But in terms of the general rallies, well, obviously, they've, they've caused great concern to the Jewish community. Now, I am convinced that there are a significant number of people on those rallies that genuinely want to see a peaceful situation mm. within Israel and with the Palestinian but I'm afraid that there are a significant number of people encouraged by, invariably by the leadership of those rallies who are Hamas-supporting, who are supporting and, and, and espousing hateful and genocidal messages on that rally, and that needs to be condemned. And, and the reason it continues is because the leadership of those rallies continues to encourage... And when you have somebody like my next guest, Jeremy Corbyn, who's speaking there but not publicly condemning those people, who are the minority, let's be clear, but he's not publicly condemning them, what would your message to him be? Well, the message is very simple. If it was any other minority in this country, Mr Corbyn would ensure that they did not feel victimised, they did not feel bullied, they did not feel intimidated, so that the Jewish community does not feel safe going into London during these weekends. Piers, you're a straightforward talking human being. We all know that from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free where the population of Israel is 10 million, of which 8 million, almost, are Jewish people, means a land free of Jewish people. It means it can mean nothing else. It is a genocidal message. And the fact that it is being encouraged by the leadership of those rallies creates hate, creates incitement, and creates a great deal of mistrust... I mean, we've seen people blatantly saying on camera, through social media, at the march on Saturday, death to the Jews... I mean, it's, it's not ambiguous. It's if you've not seen ambiguous. others chanting jihad, that's not ambiguous. And, and what you'll get from your next guest is, is a small denunciation. But let's go back to October 7th. Mr Corbyn failed to condemn, in the days following, the actions of Hamas. He called for many years Hamas his friends. He thought they were peace-loving. The Jewish community has known for decades that these people not just want to kill Israelis, but they want to kill Jews. Mm. Now, I was in Israel on the 7th of October. I was there on the day. If I had been there, there would have been no discrimination between me and mm. anybody else. The, the significant, the largest number of hostages, other than Israelis, are Thai workers who are working in farms in the south mm. of Israel. Now, I saw no 
placard at the rally at the weekend calling for the release of the hostages. I saw none. I see no request for Hamas to unconditionally release over 200 babies, children, Mm. mothers, fathers, grandmothers, Holocaust survivors. I see none of that. Okay, so let me spin it round now to the the criticism of Israel's response. I read today that one of uh, Israel's ministers was saying they think they've got about three more weeks of being able to wage the war as they are before international support starts to really evaporate. There's going to be a tipping point here because there are so many innocent Palestinians getting slaughtered as they go after Hamas. And, of course, the the demographic of Gaza being what it is, so many of those are kids. Look, the loss of innocent life on all sides is tragic. Let us start with that position. I think we all will agree that. The, the, The problem that I think Israel has is that it doesn't know what else to do. And I ask you, what would Britain do? What would any other civilized society do with the infrastructure that Hamas has built up Mm. on its border? We've all seen the pictures of the tunnels, hundreds of miles Mm. of these tunnels underground. And if it appears to be absolutely true that the main nerve center of the Hamas leadership is under a hospital. But, But is there for you, is there a limit? To this. Look, I am not on the ground and nor are you, OK? You know We're, people who are, I think. Right, so we are relying upon statistics given by a ministry controlled by terrorists. Mm. So let's first of all understand that. But let me also explain something from a very personal perspective. Over 15 years ago, my younger brother, with his wife and three children, emigrated to Israel. I have a niece of 19 years old and a nephew in his early 20s serving in the Israeli army. Mm. I know these children. I know their contemporaries. They are fighting for the survival of their country. If Hamas was to lay down their weapons, there would be peace. There was an effective peace up until 7th of October. I'm afraid if Israel lays down its weapons, there would be no Israel. And this is the way that this is now being seen by Israel. On the 7th of October, Israel lost control of its state for a number of hours. We've all seen the pictures of places like Kibbutz Be'eri, And I'm afraid that Israel has no option than to do its utmost safely, as safely as it can, within the confines and regulations of international law, to remove the infrastructure and the leadership of Hamas. When that has happened, we can all hope and pray that that creates a basis for a peaceful coexistence between Israel and the Palestinians. That is what Jews pray for every single day. The major prayer in the Jewish world three times a day, is to pray for peace in the world. And that's what we all hope for, that out of this, we can remove the danger to Israeli society. We can move the danger to Palestinians. Hamas are no friends of the Palestinians, Mm. as we've seen. No, they're not. And hopefully lead on to a more peaceful future. Jonathan Goldstein, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate it. Uncensored next, as I said, the former leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn, and trade unionist Emma Klusky will be live in the studio. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, welcome back. I'm joined now by the editors of the new anthology, Poetry for the Many, but they're rather unlikely anthologists, former Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn and former Unite General Secretary Len McCluskey. Well, welcome to both of you. I certainly wasn't expecting you to, to grace my studio, so thank you for coming in. Um, right, Jeremy, let me start with you. You were at this march on Saturday and you were speaking there. And as you know, it was a controversial march. Uh, I, for my point, I think a lot of people there are there for the right reasons. They're there because they genuinely believe that they want to have a ceasefire in Gaza and stop more people being killed. I understand that. But there are people there, and we've seen all the images all over social media, who are blatant anti-Semites and, in some cases, blatantly supporting Hamas. What do you feel about that? Well, they weren't taking part in the march that was organised by PSC and Stop the War. Um, well, they were there. Well... Been, I've seen them. It's in images. The equivalent of the crowd of 10 cup finals came to London on Saturday to march for peace in Gaza because they're appalled at what's happening there. Mm. And there were people there who wanted a ceasefire. There was black. Yeah, but what about the there ones. There were placards there calling I, the release I, I, of. I've already hostages, said that. Calling for the release I've of. I've acknowledged hostages. that. I'm concerned about the ones who were chanting death to the Jews, the ones who were wearing Hamas regalia. The ones who were they chanting... They have been arrested by the police. Every protest that's ever taken place mm. in London, and I've been on many of them, always as a group of people there to cause trouble. Mm. They're normally dealt with by the police. Don't be asking Jeremy or the people who organised a perfectly legitimate Why shouldn't protest. I ask someone who's helped organise it? No, he didn't help organise <laughs> well, it. Well, you just it said you didn't. Ah. It was a speaker. All right, well, let me ask you this. So he's answered emphatically yeah. should have been arrested. Well, Do you agree? If they're breaking the law and showing illegal signs, then obviously the police have to act. So anybody Wait, who... can I just be let me just, let me just ask no, you a simple question. You seem to be over-concerned with... With anti-Semitism, No, yeah. no, I did not. I don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say that. What I said, was about to say was, you seem to be minimising the fact that 800,000 people, one of the very biggest demonstrations in our 000. history... Well... It was 300,000. 
Okay. Well, I'm, not, I'm minimising your description the of the size of the crowd, but I'm not minimising, as I said... The march the, that extends yeah. from Battersea to Marble Arch. Yeah. But I said, at the start, I said at the start, the majority of people there were for their for well-intentioned reasons, you. right? But, yeah, but he was... It, but what do you want, Pierce? Do you want us to say that anybody engaged in anti-Semitism, mm. we condemn out of hand? Because totally. we've been doing that. Both of us, well, all our well, lives. Well, what was interesting, Len, was that you were emphatic that you said they should all be arrested. Do you, Jeremy, think they if should all be arrested? If people have broken the law and the police feel there's a case for it, then, mm. of course, they can do that, and they did do that and in some cases. But I want you to understand the size of this demonstration, yeah. the peaceful nature of it, yeah. a very large number of Jewish people in the Jewish bloc mm. also carrying placards calling for the release of hostages. This was a cry of all kinds of people, mm. Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Christian, yeah, no question. everything, no question. calling for an urgent ceasefire. I think the question you should be asking is, why hasn't our government listened to what ordinary people are saying? Well, because they don't agree that there should be a ceasefire. And there are, I think, a very arguable points about that which we're going to come to. And the previous guest says you haven't condemned what Hamas did on October the 7th. Have you? Of course I have, on every speech. And do you unreservedly condemn? At every speech I've made, I've utterly condemned the killing of October the 7th. And it was a taking of innocent life. It was totally wrong under any circumstances. You don't bring back the tragedy of those 1,400 deaths by killing 10,000 people in Gaza. You have to have a process that leads to a ceasefire that hopefully... How do you get... Rid of, do you think Hamas should stay in charge of the it's Palestinians in Gaza? decide who's in what's charge. Your, what's your opinion? Wait a minute. I'll, t I'll tell you how to get rid of Hamas that easy. Go on. Get the Israeli government to comply with international law, withdraw from the occupied territories, dismantle illegal settlements mm -hmm. and build a viable... Palestine, which is the United Nations position, it's the British government's position, it's the why American would that, Why would that position. stop Hamas behaving Well, because like there would not be a need for Hamas. The, the so what justifies what they did on Look, October the 7th? Nothing justifies right, so they're, they're, it. They're, they're, they're a bunch of medieval barbarians. It was disgraceful. Yeah, but they're, they're not going to listen to but, any I mean, it's reason. Interesting. It's interesting Their that charter it's is a nihilistic view it, of Israel and getting rid of them. It's interesting that you always have on the screens, like many other media, the war between Israel and Hamas. It's not a war between mm. Israel and Hamas. It is. It's between Israel and the Palestinian people. No, but it's not there. Thousands it's and not. thousands. So you agree with thousands of people, women and children, no. being killed? No, I don't agree with 1,500 being Pierce. killed Pierce. on October the 7th. Neither do I. But I, but I do agree. I, well, let me explain I, what I do agree with. Can I put something let to you? Let me explain to you. Can I put something to you? Let me just can clarify my position. It might be helpful. Give me I've, I've had lots of pro-Palestinian guests on this show, as you may or may and not be aware. And you've been very good on... But I've tried to be very fair, but I've been consistent about my own opinion. I think after what Hamas did on October the 7th, it is utterly inconceivable that Hamas remain in power in Gaza. Inconceivable. They are a terror group like ISIS and they have to be eliminated. The question then becomes, how do you get rid of them? Now, my question for you is, do you agree Hamas has to go? Look, I don't support Hamas. I'm not a friend of Hamas. I don't agree You used to them. call them friends. No, hang on. We did. Uh, no, Karen, nice. let's get this clear. We did say that we hang used to be friends. Hang on, Piers, can you hang Please. on a second? Let me just... Is that not true? Can I say something very clearly Yes. You, which I've said many times, and I said it on Andrew Marr two weeks ago. Ten years ago... Ten years ago, mm. I was in a private meeting in the House of Commons with a number of people who were representative of different Palestinian groups. It was an attempt to understand their views mm. and to bring people together. 
For a short time, a person who was related to Hamas left the room. Mm. And I said, in a collegiate, a friendly and appropriate way, as you would at any mm. meeting, where is our friend from Hamas gone? Right. That's all I said. And that... So you called Hamas right. friends? No. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Peers. You just, you just admitted How it. How many times have you sat in a meeting and called somebody a friend? I wouldn't say my friends from the IRA. I wouldn't say my friend from ISIS. I wouldn't say my friend from Al-Qaeda. Look, I... You I said my friend from Hamas. No, you might have changed... Jeremy, you might have changed your mind. No, Piers. Which you're perfectly entitled to do. Piers. And my understanding is you, you do Piers. now regret you what you said. You are obsessed... Obsessed with with tittle tattle of politics. Of really, that happens ten years ago. Why don't you? Think, you why you, don't you instead concentrate on this? You think people supporting Hamas is tittle tattle? Let me finish. Give me a chance. Really? Let me yeah, give me a chance. Let me finish. How do you think people in Palestine feel under occupation? How do you think it's like what it's like? Growing I know up, how they feel. Growing up with a soldier outside your house. I think. How do you feel? How would you feel? Well, can if I answer? Your land was being taken. Can I answer? Put in. How would you feel if your children were being bombed in a hospital? Can I answer? Gaza? Yeah, please. OK. I had a Palestinian doctor on here a few days ago who'd lost over 30 members of his family. Yeah. Right? He grew up on the Jabili refugee camp. Yeah. His parents were displaced in 1948 and they ended up in a refugee camp where he then lost... Three of his daughters were killed in Israeli strike on a home he had finally got for himself. He then emigrated and has now been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. He was in tears at this desk in that seat. So I don't need to be told. I, I've, I've said, yes, I've said that the way, the way that Israel is able even today to turn the tap on of water and energy and fuel into Gaza is wrong. Palestinians should have the same human rights as people in Good. Israel. Exactly. I'm unequivocal Absolutely. about that. But I'm also unequivocal in my head that Hamas has to go. Hamas. And so the question for you, Len, and for you, Jeremy, but the question is, if Israel doesn't do it like they're doing it, how do they get I'll rid of Hamas? I'll just give you the answer. A terror group... I, you, I but hang on, you, Len, Len. I get, no, I no, 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 Pierce. I give you the answer before. And yeah, but I'm going to ask you a question. OK. Do you condemn the Israeli government mm. for the occupied settlements that are growing and have been growing for decades and are against okay. international law. Do you condemn that? Yes. Fine. Then the best way to get mm. rid of any extremism that exists in nations and groups is to comply with international law mm. and make certain that okay. Palestine okay. is given a viable... And I'll finish with this question. Go on. If we all believe in a two-state solution, mm. why doesn't our government recognise the state of Palestine? Mm. Why did they only recognise the state of Israel? I think you can only have it's a two-state... hypocrisy I think at you its can, highest level. You can level. only have a two-state solution, but in this particular part of this very long conflict, you have a situation where Hamas now represents an existential threat to Israel. And they've repeated it last week, their spokesman from Hamas, repeatedly said when he was challenged, we want to do this again and again do you and believe, again do and you again. Believe, well, let me ask Jeremy a question. Come on, Look, can we... I want to come ask, back to this thing oh, about what do you I, do... What do you do to, with Hamas? Do you I keep them in power? You. Israel is claiming you. it is... Uh, um, oh, not from him. Yeah, he agrees with the, what? Uh, the Israeli government... No, you wouldn't answer. I said, would you keep Hamas in power? You wouldn't answer. They wouldn't it's, be in power. Can you not speak for him? It's not for a puppet God's show. Say, it's not a puppet show, Len. It's not a puppet He's show. He's allowed to answer for himself. Of course he is. Well, let him answer. The reality let is... Let him answer, Len. The reality Don't is... Don't talk for Jeremy Corbyn. Wanna, all you want to do is bully people. 
Who am I bullying? You're bullying constantly. There's two of you. OK. <laughs> One's run the, a party in the Piers. country. Piers. One's run a major union. Piers. Are you really feeling bullied, Leonard? I'm Clark? not. Do I'm, me a favour. I'm not. Do me a bloody favour. Do me a bloody favour. I'm not Let me come back to Jeremy Corbyn, Piers. if can I, I may, put, without, can I without you it, speaking for him. Can I put it this way? Would you get rid can of Hamas? Can I say you something? You can answer my question. No, can I say something? Would you get rid of Hamas? Can I say something? Yes or no? Thank you. Can I say something? Thank you. Israel claiming it is conducting legitimate self-defence. Where is legitimate self-defence pre-ordering the bombing of a hospital knowing there are children in it? Where is legitimate self-defence? Well, you've heard their argument about that. School? They believe that Hamas, and this has been corroborated, by the way, Ten by everyone from Bill Clinton. Died. Bill Clinton is on the record as saying that... This is years ago. He's on the record as saying that Hamas, five, six, seven years ago... In fact, you know what? Let's listen to him say it himself. Here. Hamas is really smart. When they decide to rocket Israel, they insinuate themselves in the hospitals, in the schools, in the highly populous areas. I killed myself to give the Palestinians a state. I had a deal they turned down that would have given them all of Gaza, wait, wait, all of Gaza between 96 and 97 percent of the West Bank, compensating land in Israel. So, two things then. We'll come to the second part in a moment. But he's crystal clear, Bill Clinton, in 2016, he was president of the United States for two terms, right, that Hamas were using hospitals, schools, mosques and others deliberately. And they don't care about Palestinian lives. They don't care I about them. The they knew when they did what they did on October the 7th, there was going to be a massive reaction by Israel. They knew thousands of innocent Palestinians would die. They don't care about their people. So my question for you, Jeremy, which you, which you haven't answered, Jeremy, there are, there are and I want you to answer... dead already. I know. How many more are there going to be before this is over? How many more I, wholly innocent fine. Palestinian answer children my question. are going to be killed answer, because of Israeli Answer military my policy. question. Answer my question. A ceasefire answer. means a ceasefire. They That's are, why we're they are on not both sides. Right. Would you have said ceasefire? As this is the Israeli argument back at you. Would you have said ceasefire to the Allied forces in World War II against the Nazis when they went after cities like Dresden and killed tens of thousands of people in one night? Would you have said ceasefire, or would you have said you keep going until you finish and defeat the enemy? That's their argument, that, that they're a war with a group that wants to remove Israel completely and kill every Jew they can get their hands on. Now, I've asked you repeatedly... Without I want you to wishing ask to rehearse everything in the Second World War, I think military targets should be industrial and military targets. Right, but a lot of Germans... Home, not as, homes and hospitals. As you know, a lot of German civilians died in the process of they taking on the Nazis. So my question did. again, and just answer this question... Would you keep Hamas in power? It's not up to you. What's your me? opinion? No, hang on a minute. You're expressing plenty of other opinions, aren't you? Piers, well, can can I you ask, calm down a minute? Can I ask you uh, well, a question? Well, you know, I'm can sorry. You calm down a minute. If can you ask, think Hamas should stay in power, say so. Can I ask you, is you a no, question? Well, I wanted to answer the question. Can I Listen, ask you no, a, he can answer it. Can I ask you a question? It's not a puppet show, Len. Can I ask you... Well, Why I'm won't a, you say Hamas should go? You are a very strange form of interviewing. Am I? Where you interrupt, shout and abuse your guests. Well, you refuse to answer my question what? and he keeps trying to answer it for you. No, I'm going to well, ask you, you a question. Of... No, I'm not going to ask are me a question, kind of Len. Not? It's not your show, it's mine. And I, I keep asking you the same question. Would you Look, keep Hamas in power? What I said was there has to be a ceasefire. A ceasefire has to be both sides. That ceasefire will then 
hopefully develop into a longer-term peace Well, you process. think Israel can Wait, do... Hang on a minute. Israel, you think Israel can do peace with Hamas? Israel has been talking to Hamas for 20 years. You think they can do peace they've with been, them after, been, after October the 7th? They've been... Talk, uh, listen, October the 7th was abominable and appalling. Mm. That we're agreeing And you on. think Israel can do peace with people that did that? I managed to get two sentences in between... Because you won't answer my now. question. Look... If you want to have a discussion, fine. Answer my question. If you question. want to just shout at me, should, that's your prerogative, should Hamas, your TV, your show. Should Hamas okay? stay in power? Listen, what I said was a ceasefire means a ceasefire. It means both sides have to cease fire. Yeah. It means you then... Well, you said that. Should Hamas stay in power? It's actually you, you're a, done yet. It's actually a critical question. Are you done yet? It's a critical question. Are you done yet? No, it's the question. Are you done yet? Should they stay in power? Are you done yet? This country says they're a terror group. Do you agree, and should they stay in Listen, power? Listen, I do not approve, support, or welcome Hamas. Are they a terror? Are they a terror group? Everybody knows what they are. Are they a terror group? Look, um, Piers, can, can you we, say it? Piers, can we have a discussion? Can you say it? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terror Piers, group? Jeremy? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terror Piers, group? Is it possible to have a rational discussion? Are you with prepared you? to call is Hamas a have, terror group? Is it possible to have a rational you can't, discussion? Can you? With you Is it possible? Come on, answer that you question. You can't, can you? You answer it. No, it's my okay. show. You answer my question. Well, are, Hamas, you are, the, are Hamas a terror group? Listen, can I. Are they a terror group? Piers, can I speak? Answer the question. Can I speak? Are they a terror group? Piers, Piers no, then, no. If you let me speak, are I'll they say, a terror group? If you'll let me speak, Piers. I'll say something. Go on then. A ceasefire means both sides. You said and, that. Are they a terror group? Listen, I said that because Are they that a terror is group? part of the process. Are they a terror and group? And will Can we go Why can't you say it? Piers, can we go through what ought to be happening? Just answer my question. Why do you think Are Hamas most a terror nations group? in the world are calling for a ceasefire? Are Why Hamas a terror group? Come on, answer that. Answer are... me. No, you've got it's not so many... your show. You've got so many opinions. Why should I answer yours when you won't day? answer mine? Why do you give out your opinions all day and every day are Hamas, you don't like it are Hamas a terror... back on Are Hamas a terror group? Yes or well, no? You won't, like, you won't like it when somebody yes pushes no. back on you. What I've said is... I've asked you two questions. Should Hamas stay in power and are they a terror group? You're refusing to answer either of them. They that is very telling. And you wonder, it's not very and you wonder why not, people think you had a problem not with Jewish people. At all, right? What is you very wonder. telling is your inability to keep quiet for 30 seconds yeah. to allow anybody I, to answer a on question. On my show, I ask people questions. You and shout norm at people. Normally, they answer them. I, you shout at people. No, no, only do. when they won't answer the question. No, I, you shout at people all the you've time. Deliberately not, you long time. You've Piers, deliberately not answered my question. Piers, Piers, I've explained to you how to get rid of them. You, Are they a terror group, Len? Uh, of course. The Thank terror, you. Why can't you say well, that? Hang on, hang on. You've answered it. it uh, but, should they stay in power, Len? But, uh, do you, should they, they stay in power? No, they won't be in no, power. No, do you believe they should? They won't be in... No, do you believe they should? They won't be in do power. Do you believe they should? They won't... I don't believe... OK, so I you've believe, answered my question. I believe... It's not on. that difficult no, to say Hamas should go reality, and they're a terror group. The why can't you, why Jeremy can't Corbyn, you answer the questions? ask something about the behaviour of the Israeli army and the Israeli government. Why can't you say that? Why can't you have a discussion about how a ceasefire would come about? Why can't you have a discussion about a process for the future? Because you know why, Jeremy? About, which brings you about... You know why, Jeremy? Which when brings I... about a peace for everybody because in the region. Because when I repeatedly... And it does not mean that the people of Gaza... Because when I repeatedly... support Hamas. When I repeatedly you ask you, are Hamas a terror organisation and should they stay in power? And you are simply incapable of saying... No, not. ..that they're a terror group and they shouldn't stay the in power. The most important People will thing. draw their own conclusions. The most important They'll draw their own conclusions. 
don't you draw your conclusions before you anyway, Let how me conclude with this. Uh, you've done a book on poetry. Which we gave you a copy of. Poetry for the Many. I appreciate it. Thank you Thank very you. much. Wonderful poetry from wonderful people encouraging the working classes to embrace and enjoy culture. Poetry and music for the many. I love poetry. We can agree on that. Good. Thank you very much. Goodbye. OK, Uncensored Next, Douglas Murray joins me live from Tel Aviv. Welcome back. I'm joined by the author and associates of The Spectator, Douglas Murray. Well, Douglas, you've been waiting patiently over there in Israel. Uh, what did you make of that extraordinary interview? Um, well, I mean, um, listening to Jeremy Corbyn, uh, let alone Len, uh, talking about the Middle East and the way to solve the Middle East's problems is like watching somebody trying to do brain surgery whilst wearing boxing gloves. I mean, it is so cack-handed, it's just beyond belief. Uh, nobody in this region could make any sense of their dreams and claims and assertions. It, 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 everything that they said falls apart on first analysis. And the most extraordinary thing to me was Jeremy Corbyn's resolute refusal to answer two simple questions. Should Hamas stay in power hmm. and are they a terror group? He wouldn't do it. I mean, Len McCluskey answered both, but Corbyn was paralysed. He, he could not answer I know, those two it's... basic questions. But I'm afraid, as you know, uh, Piers, that's a character career trait of Jeremy Corbyn's. It was just the same with Sinn Féin IRA. Uh, he always seems to keep the door open to terror groups, whether they are anti-British terror groups like the IRA or anti-Israel groups like Hamas. I don't know why he feels this need. He's never been involved in any international peace negotiations anywhere, certainly never anywhere with any success, never anywhere with any prominence even. So it's always bizarre to hear him talking as if he's sort of been the UN Secretary-General for the last 50 mm. years. And quite scary to think he was nearly potentially Prime Minister of his country. I mean, it does beg the question, if this had happened yes. to us... What would his reaction have been if he's not able to say that Hamas, after oh. what they did on October the 7th, are a terrorist organisation? What would have happened if a terror organisation had killed 1,500 British people on our soil if he'd been running the country? Uh, absolutely. And, I, and I'd add to that, I mean, you know, he talks about the, the importance of clarity and, and being absolutely clear on things and is very unclear on things mm. himself. What he just said there about the Palestinians and Hamas... And, I mean, they, he and Len McCluskey talk about Palestine, for instance. What do they mean by Palestine? Do they mean the West Bank? Do they mean the West Bank and Gaza? Do they mean the West Bank, Gaza and East Jerusalem? Like, what is this state? Do they mean everything in pre-1948 or post-1948? They never say... They just talk about this non-existent state that mm. still doesn't exist because for decade after decade, people like them have supported the worst possible elements and have encouraged them in this delusion that Israel can be disappeared. It's not going to be disappeared. Mm. And yet this delusion is encouraged, among other things, among some people in the Palestinian leadership, which is why when they're offered 99% of a state, as they have been time and time again, they say no, because 99% mm. isn't 100%. Well, that clip I found of Bill Clinton from a few years ago was very telling, both in his description of what Hamas do, which they're now doing, uh, and also in the fact that he had yeah. a, a great settlement there and Arafat yes. at the last minute screwed him, just walked away. 
Absolutely. Arafat walked away as, it, as his predecessors had walked away time and again. Uh, it, it could all be so different, you know. It could all be so different. Uh, just going back to what's happened in Gaza since the withdrawal, mm. you know, remember, the Israelis left Gaza in 2005. It was extremely traumatic for the people of Israel because they saw members of their own army pulling forcibly Jewish families from their homes because they said that they would give Gaza over the Palestinians. There were elections. Hamas won the elections, killed their Fatah rivals, and then never had another election. Mm. How can anyone defend this group or believe they're a legitimate government of Palestine? Mm. Uh, the idea that they're any part... I tell you one thing, Piers, it's very, very obvious when you're here in the, in, in the period after the massacres mm. of October the 7th. It doesn't matter whether you're right-wing or left-wing. It doesn't matter whether you're a peacenik like many of the people who were murdered in the kibbutz or um, a, a supporter of Benjamin Netanyahu. Nobody in Israel believes that they can live beside Hamas. Mm. Nobody. No. But why would you? I mean, Hamas are dedicated in their charter to the eradication of Israel and they've proven on October the 7th they will kill as many Jewish people as they can get their hands on and the Hamas spokesman only last week said they want to do what happened on October the 7th again and again and again. You can't do peace with people with that mentality. I, I was... I was... I was at one of the trauma hospitals earlier speaking to some survivors uh, of the, uh, the October attacks. I was very struck particularly by one man in his, I suppose, 40s, 50s, um, he and his family hid in their safe room, but they didn't lock safe rooms they couldn't lock because they were for bombs, not for Hamas terrorists coming door to door. Um, his daughter managed to survive. He lost both his legs. Um, he lost his wife, died in front of uh, him and his daughter, and he lost his 14-year-old son. Mm. And after this man described what happened when his boy breathed his last, um, he said, look, I'm a leftist. I've always been a leftist. Douglas, just hold, hold, I cannot Douglas, live hold your thought. These people. We're just going to come off there on the show, but we're going to carry on this for our YouTube. So, one second, just stay with me. Uh, keep it uncensored. We're going to keep with Douglas Murray. We're going to be live on our YouTube channel now. Keep following. I'll come back to Douglas. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.